Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show, where we interview athletes, coaches, entertainers, artists, musicians, authors, and many more on both our podcast and YouTube channels. We discuss their upbringing, careers, and what they're doing today. We document the past so the future can remember. Please like, follow, subscribe, and share our programs. Got a guest you'd like to hear? Contact us and try and get them on the program. We have over 200 episodes recorded, so please enjoy. Stories can't be remembered unless they are told. Someone asked me one time how I get my guest ideas. It's easy. Those I've had memories of in my lifetime. In a weird sort of way, it brings closure to certain times in my life. A history major at Indiana State University, I feel it's my way of preserving history for future generations to remember. Welcome to the program. Welcome to the Keeping the Nostalgia Live show. I am your host, Billy Powell. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, seen you guys. And of course, you can see with me is the head coach of Eastern Illinois University, Coach Marty Simmons. Coach Simmons, we had a little technical difficulties there in the beginning. Thanks for uh, being patient with me and uh, not running me, making me run uh, suicide drills. And uh, thanks for joining us. Excited to be here, Billy. So who do you have tonight? Well, I'm going to give you a political answer. I think I think Kansas will probably win, but I'm uh, I'm rooting for North Carolina. You know, I was a support staff uh, special assistant to the head coach down at Clemson for three years prior to coming here to Eastern, and uh, you know, playing against those guys in the ACC. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull for the ACC team. We have a. Uh, have you ever been to Houston, Texas? I have. Okay, you ever heard of a guy named Mattress Mac? He owns a gal he owns gallery furniture here in Houston. I have not. Okay, so he has this special going on that you know the closest team to the city of Houston in the Final Four, if they win the tournament, anybody who spends more than three thousand dollars gets their furniture for free. Wow. <laughs> so so we went there yesterday and. You know, I'm a I'm a gambling man, but man, we were we were trying out beds and stuff like that. And but uh, my my idea is that I, I really don't want Kansas to win, so they're probably going to win. <laughs> they look good the other night. I mean, obviously McCormick, when he plays that well inside, it it, it takes him to another another level. And uh, I'm going to pronounce his name wrong, but Agbaha. There was an there was an article on him in the Athletic that uh, I read and I actually gave it to my team and uh, he had gone out to Phoenix in the summer and worked out with Damian Lillard's workout guy, try to get, you know, decide whether he was going to the draft or whatever, but it was a really, really good article. And he really committed to, to what he was doing. There was a struggle at the beginning, but, you know, always nice to be able to, to take a story like that, give it to your players and now our players are watching him play for a national championship. So, but he really, really made a lot of sacrifices and uh, allowed this uh, Beckner, I believe was the, the workout guy to really push him hard, push him outside his comfort zone. And he took his game to a whole new level. I think a lot of people think maybe he's a, a lottery pick, but again, it's nice to be able to read that article about a month ago and now you watch and, and see all the success he's had. 
you know, in the background, people can see my picture there. Uh, uh, Coach K was nice enough to send me an autographed photo uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and I will post up here during our interview a picture of you and him um, uh, at a game. When did you compete against him? Well, I'm not sure the year, Billy, but it, it was, uh, oh, geez. Uh, one of the, one of the last couple of years there, I was at, I was at Evansville. Uh, we were lucky enough to, to be able to go and experience Cameron. Unfortunately, uh, we were banged up when we got there. We had three or four starters out and, uh, they put it on us pretty good, but, but to just, you know, experience that. And again, you know, being at Clemson, we were able to go back there and do it again. I mean, you can talk about that until you're blue in the face, but until you're actually there and you see, you know, Cameron, you see the crazies and, uh, but it's an incredible experience. Is he one of the coaches? Who are some of the coaches that you kind of, uh, um, even before you even got started, I, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but um, what was that experience like? Did And are you, were you nervous or is it, is it just another person who puts his pants on the same way that you put your pants on? Uh, how is it going up against a coach that is uh, uh, got the resume kind of like Coach K has? No, it was neat. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you're going against the winningest coach, you know, in college basketball history. And, um, you know, it's it, always a thrill. You know, it's different in coaching probably than playing. Uh you know, I think as a player, you might even get more out of it, you know, having the opportunity to play. Uh, you know, I know they uh, they had Wendell Carter. Uh, I'm trying to think they had the, the kid that was uh, always tripping guys. Uh, they had they had a they had an excellent, excellent team. They were really good. Again, we 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 were solid, but we were banged up. And I and but I, I think just uh, as a coach, it was neat. You know, you're thrilled to death. You know, they don't they don't do a lot of things that would, you know, wow you, but the things they do, they do great. Like they, they keep it pretty simple. They read things very well. And obviously with the talent level that they have, they execute it very well. It's hard to, it's hard to stop. And uh, I think it's Wendell Carter. It's a kid that was drafted by the bulls seven foot. The other kid was a left-handed kid that that's out at Sacramento and we didn't have the size. Obviously, you're looking right there, seven foot, six ten, six eleven. So we chose to sandwich and play off Carter and just give him the three. And I think he hit six or seven threes in that game. So it made us not look very smart. But uh, you know, when you're playing against a team that has you know more size, more talent, whatever it may be, you're always trying to you know, uh, as Coach Cruz would say, pick your poison. You know, find a way that maybe is a little unconventional and try to make them beat you that way. And they were just too good for us. And, and, uh, but, but I think even though they, they, they smacked us pretty good. I think if you asked our players just going through that experience of, of being out there and competing against coach K and competing against Duke being in a Cameron environment, that's something that I think they'll be able to tell their kids for a long, long time. Uh, fill me in a little bit. Uh, I requested uh, later on this week, we're going to have uh, the new Ball State uh, basketball coach, Michael Lewis, on the show. And uh, the SID told me that it's a dead week in recruiting. Is that what they call that? Yes, it is. It, they always do it right around the final four. It's been that way for a long, long time. 
So you cannot recruit off campus or bring kids on campus. You know, it's interesting too, seeing that your uh, uh, furniture in the background, I had Coach Woodson on uh, about two months ago, and I think maybe the universities get their furniture from the same pot, spot. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Okay, so so tell us, tell everyone a little about where you're from in Illinois, and what was, you know, was your dad athletic? Was your family athletic? Who introduced you to the game of basketball? Yeah, I'm from Lawrenceville, Illinois, which is kind of in the southeastern part of the state, right next to Vincennes, Indiana. You know, we're about an hour from Evansville, an hour from Terre Haute, about an hour and a half from Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, you know, we got all the IU games on WTTV. Uh, so uh, my dad was, you know, an athlete. He actually uh, was going to go to Memphis on a scholarship, but uh, chose, uh, chose the Marines instead. Uh, my brother uh, played on the uh, 1972 Lawrenceville Class A state championship team. Uh, I played for a legendary high school coach, Coach Ron Felling. So kids in, in, our, in our hometown grew up, you know, wanting to be basketball players. We had a young man by the name of Jay Scheidler, the Blonde Bomber. He's got a new book out, as a matter of fact. But they had the three-point shot when he played. He just scored six or 8,000 points in, in high school. I mean, just incredible. He ended up going to Kentucky and playing on their 78 national championship team. But I was fortunate. You know, we grew up in a town where it was really important. You had a lot of guys that were ahead of you that, you know, you really could idolize and, and want to be like. Uh, I started at a young age. Uh, we had junior pro basketball there in Lawrenceville on the eight-foot baskets with small balls. And uh, we were fortunate enough to – to, to go to the Nationals in Lexington, Kentucky. We made it to the championship game. Adolph Rupp threw up the honorary jump ball. But unfortunately, we got beat. We finished second. But, I mean, it was, it was a big thing in our community uh, being a basketball player. And, and, and you know, you, you know all about Indiana high school basketball. What's the difference? What, what, we, you guys had, of course, Indiana has class basketball now, but you had classes. And how were those classes, um, uh, were they set up by um, how many boys were going through the high school also? Yes. And uh, that was probably the biggest difference, Billy, was just uh, that. You know, back when I played, Indiana had the one class. And, uh, and Illinois at that time only had two. So schools, I believe, that had an enrollment of 700 or 750 and below was Class A. Anything above that was Double A. We were one of the larger Class A schools at that particular time. So uh, we certainly had an advantage with that. The neat thing with that is, is, is uh, you know, Vincennes, again, is only about 10 miles away. And uh, they won the state title in 81 or 82. You know, they had Courtney Whitty, Doug Crook, Carl Donovan, all those guys. So it was kind of neat. You know, we're different states, only 10 miles away. But if you look at the success, you know, they won it in that year and we won it in 82 and 83. Uh, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, that Adams Coliseum, I was fortunate enough to uh, play a ball game in Addison Coliseum in 1984. And that's just a, uh, a great place to watch them some basketball there for the Vincent Lincoln analysis. I, I, we used to go over and watch them play. You know, they had the benches on the, on the end of the court, just like Vanderbilt. They weren't on the, the side. So, I mean, and 
And that was a big thing, you know, you're, you're, and they, and, and they had the square backboards, which was pretty cool. You know, when we were junior high players, we would go over and we had, we played one, one Indiana Vincennes Reveille. And we were like kids in a candy shop when we were playing on those square backboards, you know, cause we, we, people forget, you know, we, we played on the fan backboards in, in Illinois, but uh, you know, Courtney was a guy that I ended up playing with at, at Indiana, just a salt of the earth person and, and love being on the team with, he's a great high school and junior college did, did a great job at IU. Doug Crook actually, uh, is an alum here of Eastern Illinois. We've been able to reconnect. He lives up in the Indianapolis area, has a restaurant up there, and and uh, another one over in uh, the the Brownsburg Brownstown area there. And uh, but it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. Who was on, was Indiana always first on your radar in uh, a, a college choice, or what other? uniform would you have possibly worn if it wasn't for an Indiana uniform at first? I know, I know we finished our career at Evansville. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, we, we got all their games and, and coach Felling was, uh, you know, he, he loved the way Indiana played. We got, uh, we go up to the clinics, you know, we couldn't go in there while it was just the coaches. So we'd go over to Memorial stadium and throw footballs and stuff like that. We thought that was big time for about five hours. And then Indiana would practice and you'd be allowed to go in and watch them practice. But, uh, you know, I, I, I just kind of fit, you know, you, you didn't have to be the greatest athlete in the world, although we had very, very good athletes on the team. But if you, if you knew how to play a little bit, you had a skill set, and you had some physical toughness and mental toughness, then, you know, you'd have a chance to play there. And, and uh, I thought it was a good fit. Back-to-back uh, -back state championships in Illinois or 34 and all in one of them? Actually, we, 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 uh, yes, uh, we were, we won it in 1982, 34 and 0. We won it in 1983, 34 and 0. We still hold the consecutive win streak record at 68, uh, for both the women and the men in wow. high school basketball. And it's kind of, you know, we, we won it my junior year and, and we're in the locker room after the game. And, you know, the, there's a, a lot of emotion, the excitement of winning it but the relief of, you know, not losing too. And, and uh, our coach came in there and, you know, we had a great, great player in Doug Novsack, who's on our staff here at Eastern Illinois. And he was a great scorer, just a, a great leader, all the above. And he graduated off that team, but we had several guys returning and coach kind of looked at us and, and, and he challenged us. I mean, it's amazing. Here we are. We just won this, this dream, you know, and this goal, you've had, but he said, I'm going to tell you guys something, you know, you got a chance to do something. Maybe you can tell your kids and your grandkids, you know, the state record at that time was, uh, I believe 64 by Quincy that had Michael Payne and Bruce Douglas had a you know great program, but he said, you know, with the guys we have returning, if we'll make the commitment, we got a chance to, to, to break that record and set that record. So, uh, he immediately, you know, even though we were having a lot of fun, enjoying it, he kind of put a challenge out there that 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 we could do something pretty special. Uh, do you remember where you were at or your feelings, your initial feelings when you were named Illinois Mr. Basketball? <laughs> I was at the YMCA in Vincennes, Indiana, playing <laughs> racquetball with one of my buddies. And I don't know, I, I can't remember as a family member called the front desk 
I don't think we had cell phones at that particular time. Is that amazing? Uh, but uh, I can't, I can't, I'm getting old, Billy. I can't, the sports writer, if you said his name, but the Chicago Sun Times, uh, he's legendary. But, uh, you know, he, he made the call and, and uh, uh, you know, I was so excited and, and, and so proud. You know, I think when you win something like that, you know, it, obviously your, your, your team uh, deserves a lot of credit. And, you know, there's a lot of players probably out there in the state of Illinois that was better than me, but there weren't a lot of teams that enjoyed the success that we had at Lawrenceville, played for maybe the best high school coach the state's ever had. Uh, thankful for that. And then just our community, you know, it's amazing, you know, and you look at, uh, and it was fun, you know, you miss this. I was a special assistant at Clemson. I didn't, I wasn't able to recruit and then COVID, but this year we're able to go out and watch these tournaments and there's, there's nothing like it. You know, we're, we're up at uh, Indianapolis and uh, whatever the, the Noblesville sectional and it's sold out, you know, and, and, and then we go over to Jacksonville, Illinois, and, you know, they got the Jacksonville bowl over there two two really one, a schools going at it sold out, you know, the atmosphere and everything, but it's, it's kind of neat how communities, can rally around, you know, a high school basketball program. And we certainly had that in Lawrenceville. So, I mean, it wasn't, you know, it might've had my name on it, but, but we felt like, you know, it was a team, team award, a community award and something I think we were all really, really proud of. Well, before we continue, I got, I got to show everybody the back of my chair. See, there we go. See, it's got, I got the Evansville thing there in the back of my chair. I want to make sure that I was, you know, had something to, show for it. I know you, you see the guy in the background, you see all the stuff up on, on my wall. Um, so, you know, when, so when you did make the change to go to Evansville from IU, you were already familiar with the area. And I no, I really wasn't, you know, I knew where the red lobster was because I used to take my girlfriend down there, you know, on Friday nights for dinner. But uh, I, I really didn't know a lot about the university of Evansville, to be honest. And, uh, uh, that was kind of the neat thing about going there. You know, I went there because of Jim Cruz, Coach Cruz. That's the only reason, you know, I, I and now once I got there, I learned a lot about it and I fell in love with it. But I, I you know, I, I, I don't even know if I remembered that Jerry Sloan and Don Boozy, but, you know, once you're there, that's one of the neat things, you know, and Indiana has a great, you know, basketball alumni fraternity and, and Evansville does too. You know, we played that last game in Robert Stadium and we had 110 former players come back for that game. Jerry Sloan was one of them. I mean, it's a fraternity of, of those guys because they paved the way. You know, a lot of those guys in the, in the 50s and 60s and, and early 70s, their success and Coach McCutcheon's success, you know, led to the opportunity of Evansville having the chance to be Division One. So, uh, you know, I went there because of Coach Cruz. And once we were there, and I give take, take your hat off to Coach Cruz for this, is one of the first things he did is he brought back the sleeves. And he did that as a way of, of you know, showing Coach McCutcheon and all those guys that have paved the way that even though we are Division One, we know why we are. And, and, you know, we're representing you as we make this next step you know, to the highest level of college basketball. And I think it, it really united, you know, everyone. And, and uh, 
you know, same kind of feeling there, you know, at the beginning is like, well, you know, what are we doing here? You know, sleeves, you know, uh, but then, you know, when, when we understood what it represented uh, and then coach Cruz kind of took it to another level and, you know, our guys are going to go to class. We're going to be different. We're going to graduate, you know, we're going to do things the right way. So he mixed a lot of things in that, that, that made those sleeves represent, you know, quite a bit. And we were proud of that. Did they ever think about bringing back those purple robes while you were there? Well, uh, no, we, we really didn't. We had, uh, we had the purple uh, candy stripes that we wore in the warmups that were pretty, pretty snazzy, but uh, you know, they, they had purple, they had orange, they had gold. I actually had one of those robes, uh, you know, and, and, and when I left Evansville, I gave it, I gave it away, but you know, coach McCutcheon, uh, you know, and his own, I mean, and I think he beat, he beat John Wooden, but I mean, he was like the John Wooden of, of Evan. I mean, he just, you know, the college division champions, you know, undefeated and taught math. I mean, he came in and coach Cruz, you know, we wanted those guys to be a part of our program coach did. And he was such an ambassador for Evansville basketball, first class gentleman. And, and I can remember, you know, he talked to our team and, you know, he talked about the single most important play in the game of basketball. And, you know, we're thinking, you know, maybe it's a 360 dunk, a three-point shot, you know, something like that. And he said, no, it's taking the charge. You know, and he went through about six, three, you know, number one, usually one of your teammates has is, is gotten beat and you're helping a teammate. You're getting one foul closer to, to getting into the bonus. Maybe it's a, a good player for the other team. And now, you know, he has to be taken out. I mean, he just went and, and he was such a smart uh, basketball coach, but he was a, you know, he did a lot of the, the caller when we first got there and he was such a positive guy. Uh, but it was, it was, uh, it was a fun time when, when I went down there to Evansville. When did you get the nickname and who gave you the nickname, the mule? <laughs> My freshman year in high school is when I got it. Uh, my high school coach, Coach Felling, gave it to me. And you're probably going to hear about 15 versions of this story. But uh, they had a game of the week in the SEC. I think Joe Dean and some guys were doing the game. And Alabama was playing. They had a young man by the name of Reggie King. And I, I think they referred to him as, as a mule. And Coach was up there with some of his guys. and. He said, uh, "My golly, we got our own little mule right here, and uh, if <laughs> uh, what a nickname, you know." And 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 I, I I really got to the point where I thought some of the people in our hometown really thought that was my first name because I think they forgot Marty was actually my first name. So was was when leaving IU was Evansville the spot you wanted to go to, or were there any other places that you were thinking of going? Oh, initially. Billy, I, 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 probably the last place I wanted to go, you know, I, I was, you know, emotional and, you know, just didn't, didn't, I wanted a new lease on life, but uh, to be quite frank, I didn't have a lot of interest out there. You know, uh, Ron Green was at Indiana state and he said, I could come over there and be the, the sixth man. Uh, Coach Cruz told me, if, you know, if I come to Evansville, he'd build the whole program around me. And as I stated to you early in the, in this podcast, I'm not very smart, but I could figure that one out. And, uh, 
decisions I ever made, you know, and, and, uh, uh, I love playing for coach Cruz. Uh, you know, he put me in a leadership position, you know, and he, he and the staff, they coached us hard every day. We got better. We made strides. I'd be lying to you if I told you we accomplished everything that we wanted, uh, cause we never got to the NCAA. We were able to get to the NIT and win a game, uh, my senior year and then got beat by Dana Barrows and Boston College was my last game, but uh, just the way that coach and our program and the way the community was revitalized and really, uh, you know, wrapped us up around their arms. I mean, it, it was, it, you know, a school of, you know, whatever we were at that time, about 2,500, and we're getting eight, nine, 10,000, and then it'd go to 11. I mean, it's just amazing the community support that you would get down there and, um, it, again, it was, it was fun, you know, again, cause you could, you could feel it, you know, the turning of it and we were getting better. And I think my junior year, we were picked last and uh, we actually won, we won the league and was the number one seed in the tournament. So uh, met some, some, you know, great friends, life, lifelong relationships with a lot of the teammates there and uh, just, uh, just really enjoyed it. Uh, did you torch Ron Green and the Sycamores uh, uh, after you went down there? Well, they weren't in the league at that particular time. <laughs> oh, but, I forgot. I forgot. And, I, and I'm, I'm not one to brag, Billy, but we did play them in the non-conference, and we were 2-0 and against them. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you played two years at Evansville, and you're number 22 or number 23 on the all-time scoring list. And that's incredible. Well, and, and a lot of that credit goes to my teammates and coach Cruz. I mean, he put me in a position a lot of times and he put me in, in my sweet spots where I could, where I could have success. You know, the biggest difference probably from the big 10 and at that particular time we were in the MCC is a guy, my size at six, five, 225 pounds. I could score inside a lot easier and get fouled where it was a lot tougher in the big 10, the size difference uh, gave me, gave me some issues. Uh, and, and again, he, you know, he put me in a position where, where he wanted me, you know, to score and he set up things and, uh, you know, that, that part I'll be forever indebted. You know, and, and Evansville, what, what a great program and roller coaster from, from, from national championships to losing the whole team to, a uh, just a, 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 a just dreadful event when the plane crash and then to bring it back up what what it's 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 it, it's a great story yeah it was uh you know and we you know we did anniversaries you know while i was there as a player and as a coach and uh man i get terry i you know I, I just talking about it to be honest you know there's people that uh you know, Mike Duff was on that flight. I didn't know Mike Duff, and uh, we watched him on TV playing the state tournament. He was a single-season all-time league scorer. I mean, he was a Larry Bird of, of, you know, he would have been a Larry Bird-type player at Evansville. I mean, just a great player. Um, Mr. Siegel had coached up in Indianapolis Pike for a long time. I mean, I can, you know, go on and on, and, and uh, you know, they came back. Oh, it was probably the last three or four years I was there and 
they did a documentary on it and and it, it's just it's it's hard you know it and I can remember I, I, I was probably in fifth or sixth grade and I, I remember my dad you know talking to me about it you know and I didn't know anybody you know I was such a young guy but but just when you think about it you know what a horrible horrible tragedy and uh you know it and and we always uh you know wanted to try to do things where where you know those involved in that their spirit would always live through the through the basketball program at evansville uh, how well or how or do you still have a relationship or how well did you get along with steve alford great great yeah we do we do uh uh, he's been a, he's been a, a great friend, you know, and, uh, we had a tragic event in our family. It's been, uh, two, two years ago past this past July where, where I had a daughter, she's 34 and, uh, she had cardiac arrest in her sleep and, uh, she, uh, she, she went without oxygen to her brain for 20, 25 minutes. She has a serious brain injury and, uh, you know, Steve's one guy that, that, and I had a lot of, a lot of people that have been, uh, just, you know, you, you, you really get overwhelmed by all the support that you get when something like that happens, but he's one, he, he constantly texted and called and, uh, it really meant a lot. I mean, you were the, uh, uh Illinois, Mr. Basketball in 1983. Of course, uh, he was, uh, Indiana, Mr. Basketball in 1983. I had the unfortunate, um, of being sitting on the bench when he scored 57 points at Hinkle Fieldhouse against my high school, my freshman year. So uh, what a uh, fabulous game that was at Hinkle Fieldhouse there in Indiana high school basketball. I, you know, a lot of people realize how good he was, but I mean, you know, Steve was probably six foot, probably 160 pounds soaking wet when he first got to Indiana. And uh, I know you remember the game, you know, we beat Carolina and Michael Jordan our freshman year. And Steve, as a freshman, was the best player on the floor that night. Uh, you know, he was a confident – he still is today. I mean, he really believes. But, you know, he put in the time and effort to, to build up that confidence. And, uh, you know, he was, he was a heck of a college player. He played in the NBA when I think a lot of people thought he couldn't. You know, he's had a great college uh, coaching career. Uh, but I think he's a terrific guy. You know, when you're getting toward the end of your basketball career at uh, University of Evansville, uh, when does does coaching cross your mind before that? Do you continue to think, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to play a little pro ball? What and and at that age, you're not as mature. You know, what 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 was your kind of a, a process of thinking of what you wanted to do with your life uh, post University of Evansville? I'd say that last part, you know, of not being mature, that was probably my, my, I, you know, I thought I was going to be the next Larry Bird and, you know, go to the NBA and, and not, you know, and I really didn't think about coaching. You know, I played, uh, I went to three, three uh, camps. I went to the Pacers. I went to the Celtics and I went with the jazz. Uh, I was able to stick with the jazz throughout the entire preseason. Uh, myself and Billy Donovan were cut on the last day that particular year. Uh, it really wasn't until then, you know, or actually it wasn't then. I, I, I went to the CBA, which is the G League now, played a year there. And then they had a, a league for six, five and under called the World Basketball League. I played two years in Springfield, Illinois. 
and then you know just i uh, was married and i had a, a young daughter and uh you know i i worked at uh had about half of my master's done and that's when i really started thinking about you know what what do i want to do you know and i remember i was thinking about maybe getting into insurance and uh had interviewed for the freshman coaching job out at Wrights high school in evansville and coach cruz called me in and uh he said, I, I want you to finish that master's. You can help us coach for a year and, you know, we'll just kind of see where it goes. And uh, so that's what I did. And, and I fell in love with it. I really liked it. You know, I, I any, if you could coach first and play second, we'd all be better players. Cause I don't think players really understand everything. I know I didn't uh, that, that, that coaches put into it. You know I mean? It's every day. They're not only, you know, thinking of ways to make you a better player. They're, you know, trying to think of ways that, you know, you get better academically, you can be a better person. But I mean, they're constantly, uh, you know, thinking about you and putting effort in to you and the other guys on the team. And, uh, but that's when I, that's when I decided and uh, that I wanted to coach. And, and what kind of path does that lead you, lead you down to? A little bit of uncertainty compared to uh, the other things that you were going on in your life and playing the game of basketball, coaching a little bit different. So how do you get how do you get on that path? Who were some of the people that helped you on that path? Well, Coach Cruz was the guy. I mean, he was the man, and he gave me the opportunity. And uh, my wife, I'd, I'd be, you know, she she had a job at Old National Bank there. I wasn't making, you know all these entry level positions, uh, you know, you just don't make a lot of money. And, and she had a job and uh, she let me follow my chase, that dream of, of now being, you know, being a coach. And, uh, but it was coach Cruz. He gave me the opportunity. And eventually I, I got moved into a, what they called the restricted earning spot. And, and then eventually uh, uh, I went to Warburg college in 96 coached one year up there and then had the opportunity to come back to Evansville in a full-time spot. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed it, you know, and I, I certainly, you know, enjoyed, you know, the staff at Evansville, the players and, and just the, the chance to work with, uh, with coach Cruz. Did you always in coaching, have you always wanted to stay kind of in, in a certain area of the country? I know you, you went probably out of, but you're good friends with the coach of uh, uh, Clemson. You guys actually coached together at Evansville. Uh, but do you feel more comfortable in the Midwest? Not really. I mean, it just kind of worked out that way. And I, you know, I, we really liked, you know, coach Cruz is a great guy to work for. We were having a lot of success down there. The players that you were able to coach, uh, you know, the community, a great place to raise a family. I mean, there's just a lot of things, but, but no, I never, you know, I, I had interviewed it uh, for a position in green Bay, Wisconsin and other positions in other parts of the country. It just didn't work out. So, uh, but it, you know, I, you know, it was, it was a good place, uh, to, to work. In, in coaching in college basketball, is it, do you, do they come looking for you or do you, is it who, you know, or it, it, what, what kind of path is it taken to get a coaching job or, or to continue your coaching career? Well, to get one, I mean, it is, is, is networking. You know, again, I got in because of my college coach, you know, being a former player certainly helped me. And uh, but it, but, you know, just networking, you know, trying to meet people. The final four is a great place at the convention there, a coaches convention. 
coaches all over the place, just getting your face and your resume in front of people. Uh, you know, I never really had anybody coming after me, Billy. I had to, I had to pursue it. And a lot of that, you certainly have more success if there's people around the job that you know, or it's in an area where maybe you had some success, but I'd be, you know, I wouldn't be telling you the truth if I didn't tell you that I had, I've had a lot of help in any, any position that I've been able to, to, to get. I've had a lot of people make a lot of phone calls, a lot of references. I've been blessed in the support that I've had when I, when I've gotten jobs. Um, tell us about your experience at uh, Southern Illinois. Well, it was, it was great. You know, we, uh, uh, division we two, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We went in there and, and, uh, we just, you know, we weren't very good the first year and, and brought in a lot of new players in the second year and guys started to buy in. We had a young man that was already in the program there by the name of Bauer Sachs, maybe one of the best, maybe the best leader I've ever been around, uh, just outstanding. And, and, uh, we had a lot of good players uh, come there. It was a, a great school, great location. We played in a great Division II conference. Uh, kind of caught lightning in a bottle. You know, the second year, we, I think we doubled our wins. The third year, we were in the NCAA tournament. The fourth year, we're in the Elite Eight. And uh, I can remember the chancellor telling me, you know, he, he just said, hey, you know, and he was a big fan. He went to, he came to all the games, Vaughn Vandergrift and, you know, he just said, hey, all the other athletic programs are pretty successful here. If you can get this basketball program going, you know, we're going to go Division One. And uh, when we made that big jump and we we went to the Elite Eight, he, uh, he caught me and he said, you know, we've done it. And uh, that's when they decided to make the move. And now SIU Edwardsville is actually in our conference here, the Ohio Valley. We played up there uh, this season in uh, the Vidalabine Center which uh, brought back some good memories. Did Larry Buddy Graham coach down there? He did. He did. He did. You know, he, he great friend, great coach, uh, known him for a long time. You know, we had battles with them right up here in Lance Gym. That's the name of our gymnasium here at Eastern. We played them in three super sectionals up here. They beat us twice, and we beat them my last year uh, as a senior. It set the record at 65, but always maintained a, a friendship with him. He lived in he lived in Edwardsville when I was the coach there, and uh, terrific basketball mind and loved the game. What an ambassador! I think he's in both the Illinois High School Hall of Fame and the Indiana High School Hall of Fame. Uh, it's just amazing. You know, he he's from Scotland, Indiana, which uh, my mother in law and her family is from Odin. I think they actually went out on a date one time. Uh, so it's a, it's a small world, but he, he's a guy that uh, I've always, I always admired. Uh, you know, he had great teams at Madison and he was a great coach at SIU Edwardsville and uh, just a, a real, real great guy. Yeah. We lost him a little too early in my opinion. Me too. Yeah. Um, I, I apologize, sir getting on that there. Um, so, um, you leave Evansville, what takes you to Eastern Illinois? Well, I, you know, more than anything, just, uh, you know, a chance to be a head coach again. And then, you know, 
Charleston is about an hour and 15 minutes from our hometown. We played in a holiday tournament up there for four years. We played in four super sectionals. Uh, my brother graduated from, from Eastern. A lot of the kids from our hometown, they come here. So, I mean, there was a real familiarity with, you know, the program. We came to summer camp up here. Uh, tons of respect for Coach Samuels and all the players that, that had played here. But uh, so, I mean, opportunity and, and proximity. And then as you get into the, the process, you know, a chance to work for a guy like Tom Michaels, who was a great high school player in Illinois, played on a state championship team at at Carlisle. He went on to play at Illinois for Coach Henson. So, I mean, he's a he's got a basketball background. Uh, and so I, I just, you know, I've always kind of had my eye on this situation for a long time and uh, just feel real fortunate to, to be the head coach here. What did COVID do to your program? What it did it, how, how much did it slow it down and how do you rebound from that? I think it slowed everybody down, you know, really for us here, you know, we just, you know, we came in and, and, uh, you know, I've taken over, I guess, three different programs. And the, the number one thing you try to do is try to re-recruit the current players. We had a lot of success in the other places. This, we didn't, we didn't have it here. Uh, we had several guys that we worked out for four or five weeks and they decided they wanted to jump in the portal. So we lost four or five weeks in recruiting. So we ended up signing, I think we signed eight kids, maybe nine, and and seven of those were in May. Uh, so we just, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't go out and watch kids play, did everything virtual, no on-campus visits, so on and so forth. Uh, so it was that part, that part was tough. And and uh, you know, but you know, going into the season and everything this year, I mean, COVID really, really wasn't a big factor for us here. I mean. Everybody, you know, with us was vaccinated and, and uh, you know, we, we just had some uh, some fit issues with with maybe uh, some of our guys. And, you know, we're trying to work through that and we feel like, uh, you know, we're heading the right direction. You guys got a strong conference. We do. We do. But we just we just lost Belmont, uh, Murray State and Austin P. Belmont and Murray's going to the Missouri Valley. And Austin P is going to the uh, Atlantic Sun. We picked up Southern Indiana uh, out of Evansville, which is one of the premier Division II programs in college basketball. Arkansas, Little Rock. Uh, Daryl Walker is the coach down there. Those guys remember those great Arkansas teams with Sidney Moncrief. Uh, and then uh, Lindenwood, which is in St. Charles, just outside of uh, St. Louis. So, uh, it is a great league. It's a, a league that has had several players, you know, go on and, and play in the NBA. Obviously, John Morant, you know, kind of to, to everybody's mind there. Uh, but it's it's uh, it's a league that uh, we certainly feel like we can have success. What I'm assuming that in, in uh, at Evansville, uh, you recruited the state of Indiana pretty hard. Uh, Kentucky as hard as you could what, what, it, what is it a different swing now that you're in the state of Illinois do you still recruit Indiana we do we do and uh, you'll, you'll see here in about a week when when the national letter intent you know but, but we do we do recruit Indiana 
obviously Illinois. Uh, we recruited Illinois pretty hard when we were at Evansville. Uh, but where we're located, Charleston's about two hours from Indianapolis, two hours from St. Louis, and maybe two and a half, three hours to Chicago. So there's a good triangle right there where you can get kids in central and southern Illinois over in the in the St. Louis, you know, metropolitan area there and then up into the Indianapolis area. Uh, so I think from a recruiting standpoint, we're pretty blessed. You know, we've got a, a, a great area to, to, to get kids from. If you're not an experienced college coach, how hard is it for someone who hasn't coached the game of basketball in college to come in and follow all the rules? Well, I think it'd be tough. I think it'd be tough. I mean, I've been doing it a long time and there's a lot of coaches and we're lucky we have a compliance person in our department that we can run right down the hall and ask questions to, you know, I mean, the, the rules are changing, you know, all the time and we have compliance meetings monthly to keep us up to date with things. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, for a new person coming in, I think it would be difficult for us. We've got a foundation, a base on, you know, how to operate, but it's still an ever-changing climate. I mean, you can look at just the last four or five years, you know, with the portal and and now this, you know, with the NIL and MH, uh, it's crazy. You know, it's 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 really changed. You know, I mean, there's over a thousand kids in the portal, you know, right now. You know, I don't know what the average, you know, three three kids a team, you know going in the port and I was a transfer Billy so I don't want to but but when I transferred you really had to think that thing through because you knew you were going to have to sit a year and whether people think that meant it did you know what I mean because I really had to you know and that was a tough year you know not being able to compete where you're just practicing so but it was a great year ended up being probably one of the most influential years of my life but uh there's just there's a lot of things that, that continue to change in our profession. How hard is it to continue to watch basketball after your season is over? Oh, <laughs> it's not too, it's not too hard. You know, I mean, it, it with us, you know, we, we've got several kids that we want to sign. So we're pretty focused on that, but uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta move on and especially in, in today's climate and, you know, you, you can't, uh, you got to find a way to enjoy it and, you know, learn, learn from your mistakes, but really, you know, find the positives out of it, build on that. Uh, and that's what we're trying to do here at Eastern Illinois. Uh, does your wife uh, tune you out when you talk about basketball or is she pretty, uh, uh, pretty on the level with you? No, I've been, I've been very blessed there. I mean, my family, you know, they, they all, still come to games and they've always been a big part of anything and everything that we do, you know, having the players over, you know, for Thanksgiving, Christmas, just for a cookout, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, I've been lucky, you know, they, they've bought in uh, to the nth degree. I actually, you know, my, my oldest son played for me at, at Evansville. Uh, he was there five years. Uh, and then my youngest son is actually uh a manager for us up here at Eastern Illinois. So I've been, I've been real lucky uh, with that part. Coach Simmons, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Sarah Taufinger's name. Did yeah. I get it correct? Yeah. Yeah. Her and her husband are just dynamite people. And, 
they they're they're so supportive of everything here in Eastern Illinois, but the basketball program and and myself and our players, they they love them dearly. My kids, my my granddaughter, uh, they're just terrific people who want to want to give and want to help others, and uh, we're blessed to have them a part of our program. Coach Simmons, I know I ran a little bit long. We had technical difficulties, which I'll say is my fault. You can tell I've been married three times because I'm accepting uh, responsibility. But uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, uh, best of success at uh, Eastern Illinois University, and uh, I appreciate your time. And you, uh, I have I have interviewed Coach Gene Cady. I have interviewed uh, Coach Del Harris. I have you, you, you just have a way to talk to people. And, uh, I was a little bit nervous today because I hadn't, uh, done an interview in quite a while and, uh, you're nice and relaxed and comfortable and best of success. And I know you guys will be a success. I appreciate your time. Well, thank you very much for reaching out, Billy. I've enjoyed it. And, uh, if you ever want to do it again, or if there's anything that we could ever do for you, please don't hesitate to let us know. Thank you so much coach and enjoy the game tonight. Thank you.